people didn't make it into 2016. And people that we know uh, didn't make it into 2016. But guess what? We're all here today, which means God's been good to us for another year. And if nothing else, if you don't have anything else to thank God for, how many of you can thank Him for another year? Come on, let's lift our hands and just thank Him for another year. His grace, His goodness, His mercy. I have an assignment today, and so I really want to get right to it. So before you're seated, though, a few things I want to say. You know, last year we believed that 2015 would be a year where God would do exceeding abundantly above all that we could actually think. I can tell you, for us personally, just in our personal lives, man, he was more than that to us on a personal level. Uh, But then also corporately, I can pick out some highlights that he did for Linked Up Church in 2015 that were just, in my opinion, monumental, you know, to to moving into our office space and uh, being able to find office space that had a 300-seat sanctuary auditorium connected to it. I mean, that's an exceeding abundantly and above for less money than what we were paying uh, with more resources. Less money, but yet we have more resources at our disposal with that. Also, uh, I would call the Marietta Performing Arts Center a over and above kind of blessing for us last year. That door was closed to Linked Up Church. And so we had actually signed a contract with a different facility And then God supernaturally reopened that one because, in my opinion, it is the best facility in Cobb County to have those kind of services at. So for us, in that way, that was an exceeding abundantly above and beyond. You know, the giving at Linked Up Church, you know, the auditors, the the review. Most churches don't even have a positive at the end of the year. Linked Up Church, our giving increased by 6% in 2015. We praise God for that. These are just highlights. I'll go over some other things on 2000 at the end of our, our fast. But also, I think we increased our downloads, our SoundCloud downloads by 20,000 downloads in 2015, which is tremendous, uh, not just in the United States, but also around the country. And so God has been good to us, folks. But I also want to say this. In that year where it was an exceeding abundantly above, for me personally, it was also the most challenging life year for me spiritually. Even though all of those great things were happening in the natural, it was a very challenging life for me spiritually. I never let on. Most people, probably my family, didn't even know. Uh, But for me spiritually, what it was was a carryover from that first year to the second year. And you'll learn as you learn the things of God, the closer you get to a breakthrough in your life, I mean, the enemy turns the heat up. And, And so somewhere around July, August, Man, it was just spiritually just a lot of assaults, attacks, just different things on my mind. Nothing physically, just on my mind. And it's right around July, August that God gave me a real breakthrough. And, and really, I believe it's what sets us up for 2016. And so I have an assignment for us today, uh, and I'm going to get right to it. Uh, man, I really believe when the Lord spoke to me about this year, my wife would tell you we were sitting on the couch. The word of the Lord comes to me in different ways. And we were sitting on the couch, and again, it wasn't a spiritual moment at all. Uh, We were watching probably, I don't know, maybe we were having a date night on the couch. I don't know. We were sitting on the couch, and I remember saying to her, did you hear that? The Lord just said to me, look up to number three. And she just kind of looked at me, and I kind of thought myself, what does that mean, (laughs) the number three? 
Well, I'll explain all of that to you all today. And so why don't you go ahead and shake somebody's hand, tell them they're in the right place today, and then you can be seated. I'm still full from the first service. Good to see you all, man. Fire today, both locations too. I'm still full from the first service. If I can encourage you all, man, we we had a packed building at the first service in Marietta. And I think this is the first time the altar call was completely all the way across the front, filled with young people. And it was just really beautiful to see, man. I'm talking like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, just young people. And it was beautiful to see starting their year off wanting to get their life right with God, okay? All right, you all ready for the word today? All right, now go with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. You know, Linked Up Church has an assignment, and our assignment is to connect people to God, connect people to each other, connect people to their families, connect people in the workplace and community. This is a year where we're getting ready to fully launch out into a lot of these areas. Small groups start this year, financial peace, praise God, small groups, praise God, praise God. I understand there were over 50 people out or about 50 people out yesterday for Overall, it's over 50 people yesterday for training. Uh, where that's concerned, we start Job Link, formerly known as Job Corps, where we start helping people get their lives together and their careers together. Uh, marketplace ministry starts right now. We're getting ready to really get into all that God has called us to do. And so this church has an assignment. So every year, that assignment doesn't change, and we have to be intentional about how we carry it out. And so this year is no different. We're going to connect 2016. But really, if I had a title for today's message, it would just be year three. Connect 2016, year three, because God spoke to me specifically about year three. Go to Matthew chapter 28. Let's read an opening text, verse 19. And it says, go therefore and make disciples. Well, what is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all consider yourself a student and a follower of Jesus Christ? That's what a disciple is. Here at Linked Up Church, we will believe you are connected and following Jesus Christ. After you answer the altar call, you go through our class system, and then this is when we'll believe you are connected. You are a part of the dream team, or you are a part of small groups. At this church, that is a follower of Jesus Christ, and we will be relentless in our pursuit of getting everyone connected at this church. He says, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, ethnos there. So he's talking about all races of people. I mean, churches should never be exclusive. Churches should be inclusive where all people are welcome of all ages. Okay? And then he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. And a lot of people think that he's referring there to Holy Ghost baptism, but he's not. He's really, the Greek word there is baptismo, which means fully wet, or he's talking about really fully wet or, or to be submerged. So he's talking about water baptism there. So how many know water baptism confirms a disciple? Right? It's an outward sign of the inward grace of salvation, and we certainly do that uh, here at Linked Up Church. And so he says, go ye therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, and then this is where I want to focus, in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Ghost. He said all three there. He said, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. Now, you know, he never writes something or says something just to be doing it. There has to be purpose and there has to be meaning behind that. And so when we talk about year three, he said, baptize in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. We're going to really fully understand what he was talking about when he said that because it's so specific to what he wants to do for, well, in this church in 2016. Now, I have three points for you today. Point number one, three in the Bible is divine fullness or completion. And these points should go up on the screen. Three in the Bible is divine fullness or completion. And I know a lot of times when we hear that, we're thinking something external. But I'm here to tell you today, folks, it's a work that God wants to do in you. It's not a work that he wants to do for you. It's a work that he wants to do in you, which is far different. You'll understand that uh, more as we go through this. Let me just kind of tell you a few things about the number three. The number three is used 467 times in the Bible, mostly associated with Jesus or prophesied about Jesus. There are 27 books from Matthew to Revelation. One Hebrew or Greek scholar wrote it this way. He said that's three times three times three or completeness or fullness to the third power. I like that, completeness to the third power. Three in the Bible is divine fullness or completion. We all understand the triune nature of God or the Godhead as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all three of them represent the fullness or the completeness of God. And so if you want to understand God the Father, how many of you need to study the Old Testament? If you want to understand God through the person of Jesus Christ, then you need to study the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But if you want to know God the Holy Spirit, then you have to study the book of Acts and the New Testament from Romans to the book of Jude. But to get a full picture and a complete picture of who God is, how many of you have to know all three aspects of it? And what God is saying is that he wants to be, have fullness in your life. Now, as soon as he said that to me, I knew completely what he was talking about. Because all of us have areas of our lives that we have not let go to God. Oh, I guess I'm the only one in here. How many of y'all can look at an area of your life and say, I need to lead that in 2015? Okay, so everybody over here is super deep spiritually because I've got multiple areas. It's not just one area for me. There were several areas where God said, I want you to give that to me and let me be complete and full in your life. Some of these areas are for 26 years I haven't yielded full control over to him. Some of you all know what I'm talking about. And what God said is I'm after a complete work in you, Joel. I want to be in your life where I'm the most important thing in your life and everything else comes after me. I want to be full and I want to be complete in you. This is what we're talking about, folks. I know a lot of times we go into a New Year's message and we want to hear, God's going to build me a new building. God's going to buy. We're not talking about none of that this year. 
And I've learned, folks, the older I get, the less material things matter to me. I'm 48 years old now, and I've noticed the older I get, the less I care about money, less I care about clothes, less I care about cars, less I care about buildings, and the more I care about who God is in my life. What kind of husband am I? What kind of father am I? What kind of pastor am I to this church? And what God is saying this year, folks, if you focus on the work that he wants to do in you, then he'll take care of everything outside of you. God has taught me so many lessons. The less I focused on that, then the more resources he's given me, the more things he's given me, the less I focus on it, the more of it comes into my life. And it's an interesting paradigm shift that I'm going through that is less about stuff and more about God. Let's understand a little bit more about this. There are plenty of of examples in the Old Testament, New Testament, about the number three representing spiritual fullness. What I want you all to understand, folks, the first thing God wants to do for you is be full in your life. And if you're willing to be honest in here, how many of y'all can think of some areas? I want you to show me your hand that you can say, you know what, I can, li- I can do without that in my life. Be honest. Everybody in the building, be honest. I mean, I can look at more than one area of your life and say, it's time for me to let that go. It's time for me to let that go and let God be who he wants to be in my life. This is what we're talking about. Listen to this. Some examples here. There were three righteous patriarchs before the flood. They were Abel, Enoch, and Noah. So you'll notice there are three again. There were three righteous patriarchs after the flood. They were Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, later known as Israel. Jesus prayed in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane before his arrest. He was placed on the cross at the third hour of the day, which was 9 a.m., He died at the ninth hour, which was 3 p.m. There were three hours of darkness that convened the land or covered the land while Jesus was suffering on the cross from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. Three also represents the number of resurrection. Jesus was in the grave for three full days and three full nights. So three also can represent resurrection. And I speak into and over somebody's life right now that God is going to resurrect some things in you this year that you've allowed to lie dormant, that you thought your window had passed, that you thought you missed the boat, that you thought it's too late. God is going to resurrect some things in your life that you thought were dead. They're coming back to life, folks, and it's going to start in you first before it ever shows up outside of you. And I'm talking about there's some marriages that looked like they were dead. There were some families that looked like they were dead. There were some businesses that looked like they were dead. There were some careers that looked like they were dead. There were some physical bodies and health issues that looked like it was heading towards death. I'm telling you, God is going to resurrect something in you which is going to resurrect something on the outside of you. You're going to get it in here first before it ever shows up on the outside. God always deals with us from the inside out. He never deals with us from the outside in. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll also notice Jesus was 30 years old when he started his ministry. And his ministry lasted how long? Three years. There were only three witnesses or individuals who witnessed Jesus' transfiguration on the mount. Those witnesses were Peter, James, and John. There were three standing there with bodies that were transfigured. That was Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. You'll find that Jonah was in the belly of the whale, or the big fish, however you want to describe it, for three full days. Jesus was in the grave for three full days. Three days were enough for Jesus to prove that he had conquered sin, death, and the grave. So you see threes there. And God uses threes to establish spiritual fullness. Well, what is he saying about linked up church? God's getting ready to establish us spiritually this year, folks. He's getting ready to do something in us that's going to last throughout eternity. And I'm telling you, it's this next point, folks, that really, once you let God do a work in you, how many know the rest is pretty much history after that? I'm encouraging you this year, don't chase after stuff. Chase after God. When you sit down to set down your goals, don't make all your goals about a new house, a new car, new clothes. Hello, somebody. Make it about growing closer to God. Stop cussing. Stop smoking. Stop drinking. This year, I'm going to be celibate. Hello, somebody. This year, I'm going to live holy before God. And when you let God do a work in you, everything else is going to take care of itself. Point number two. Three is the minimum number necessary to establish a pattern. This one means the most to me. When he told me to go look up the number three, this was really what he wanted to share with me. Three is the minimum number necessary to establish a pattern. We learned in Bible school, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be what? Established. So you cannot form a pattern and you cannot form doctrine unless there's at least two or three witnesses, three are better, within the Scripture. You'll learn that something can happen once by chance, can happen twice by coincidence. But if it happens three times consecutively, how many know it indicates a pattern has been established? Some of you all might understand this in the natural if you grew up the way I did. If you had parents or grandparents or mother or grandmother like I had, they would tell you one time to clean up your room. And most times I didn't move on the first go around. They'd come back the second time and say, I told you to clean that room up. Most times I didn't move on the second time, Emmanuel. But they'd come in there and say, if I have to tell you but a third time, I am going to, hello, how many know action was getting ready to happen if they had to tell you three times? So believe it or not, innately, we understand that when something happens three times, it establishes a pattern. I want to look at this two ways, and I'm going to teach you something here today. God will use this to confirm something, but God will also use it when something is being rejected. 
And you need to learn how to pay attention to both. And I'm going to show you both examples, Old Testament example and then New Testament example, or really Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Gospels example uh, in the uh, book of Luke, okay? So if you all would, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter, uh, chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. The example here that we're going to use, you'll notice here that Samuel heard his name called three times before Eli confirmed that it was God calling him. And it's interesting how the Old Testament patriarchs understood this, just something in them, okay? 1 Samuel chapter 3, let's begin reading at verse 1. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel and said, and, and, and he answered, called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. So he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here, I, here am I, for you called me. He answered, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again. What does that say? What does that say? Watch this. The third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. So you'll notice here on the positive side, anything God has ever spoke to you, God will always confirm. And listen to this. He doesn't have a problem confirming it multiple times. But once it's been confirmed at least three times, how many know it's now established? All right. Why is that so important to linked up church? I'll tell you in a moment. When we are expecting confirmation concerning a certain act, it is good news to know that when something happens three times, it points to greater fulfillment yet to unfold. So what the Lord is showing me is that he will confirm things in us and for us. How many know he won't tell us everything about it? But once it's been established and we begin to obey it, we get more information as we continue to go. Each time you go further into what he's established, you get more information about what you're supposed to do. You're not going to get all of the information at the beginning of your obedience. You obey the next steps and then God will give you more. Well, what does this mean about linked up church? Let me use some natural examples here, and then I'll share with you what I want to share. How many single ladies are in here today? Single ladies. Be proud of that. Lift your hand up. Something good's coming your way. Don't let that fly over your head. Something good's coming your way. All right. Now, practical information here. Typically, if a guy asks you out for a third date, 
I mean, he's trying to establish himself. Some truth to that. Any guys in here willing to admit that? But also pay attention that if he rejects you three times, because they almost threw something at me on that side of the room. All right? Pay attention to that. Typically, they say, if you're on your job for three years, you have a future with that company. Typically, that's what they say. They say most businesses fail within the first three years. Okay, what does this have to do with Linked Up Church? I'm getting ready to release something in here. Part of the spiritual torment that I was going through was because when we started this, I was told that this was an evil work and that nothing but evil would come out of it by someone that I had a great deal of respect for. This is an evil work, and nothing but evil will come out of it. And then they said, you won't even last three years. So it's interesting that God would come and tell me that now he's going to establish us in the third year. Come on, and I know the devil's been doing you the same way. You're never going to make it. You can't do this. You can't build that. You're nobody. You can't win. I know the devil's been in your head. Your marriage is not going to last. Your children aren't going to make it. I know the devil has been in your head, but guess what? The devil is a lie. This is not an evil work. This is a great work, and nothing but great things are going to come out of it. And guess what? We will not fail in year three. God is going to establish linked up church and lay the foundation for it to last until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you agree with me, somebody shout amen in this place. Now, how many of y'all know linked up church is not a building? So if he's talking about establishing the church, he's talking about establishing the people that are in the church. Come on, somebody. This is the year God's going to lay a foundation for your marriage. He's going to lay a foundation for you financially. He's going to lay a foundation for your business. He's going to lay a foundation for your career. He's going to lay a foundation and establish you. And when God establishes you, there is nothing anyone can do to take you down. If God puts you up, then can't no man bring you down. If God be for you, then who and nobody can be against you. If God opens a door, then there's no man that can shut that door. And if God shuts a door, there is no man that can open that door. Come on, God is going to establish us this year, and he's going to set us into what he's called us to do. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! If I can just get 20 people to rejoice with me for about 10 seconds, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I receive it. I receive it by faith, Lord God. Hallelujah. That's why the devil was attacking me so strong for two straight years. You'll never understand. Sit down. You'll never understand the mental onslaught that I have been under for the last two years of my life. You'll never understand it. 
So I won't even attempt to try to explain it to you. And it was because if he could take me out in the first two years, this wouldn't be established. But guess what, folks? He lost again. Come on, folks. And if he lost in my life, guess what? He lost in your life, too. He should have never came knocking on your door in the first place. He knocked on the wrong door when he knocked on your door. Glory to God. Go with me to Luke's gospel. Now, let me show you the other side to this. You've got to pay attention also, folks, when it's on the negative side. How you know God will confirm when something is not for you too? Stay with me, church. He'll confirm when something is for you, but he'll also confirm when something is not for you. And so many times, listen to me, single people, we go past the obvious. And we keep trying to recreate what was. And it ain't worked the last three times you tried it. You in Luke's gospel? This will bless you real good. Luke chapter 23. Let's look at the other side of this. Luke chapter 23. Let's begin reading at verse 13. It says, Then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, he said to them, You have brought this man to me as one who misleads the people. And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man, concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him, and indeed nothing deserving of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it was necessary for him to release one to them at the feast. And they all cried, I'm reading verses 13 through 25, and they all cried, this is verse 18, And they all cried out at once, saying, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for murder. Pilate, therefore, wishing to release Jesus again the second time, called out to them, but they shouted, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Then he said to them, What? Then he said to them, What? He understands this establishes a pattern. He says to them a third time, Why? What evil has he done? I found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. But the voices of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that he should be as they requested, and he released to them the one they requested, who for rebellion and murder had been thrown into prison, but he delivered Jesus to their will. What was happening there, folks? Once Pilate heard that three times, he knew that a pattern had been established. And there was nothing he could do at that point but now move forward. Let me quote it to you another way. And you'll see three different times in one scenario how three was used to confirm something. You might recall Peter. Jesus said to him, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times, right? Because Jesus knew that if he denied him three times, 
his heart had changed. Right? How many times did Jesus deny or Peter deny Jesus? But now watch this. When, when, when Jesus went back to check Peter's heart, he asked him, how many times did he love him? Three times. Right? Right? Well, what was he doing? He knew that if Peter could say that three times, it would establish a pattern. He knew his heart now was back in the right direction. Peter was so offended by it, if you look at the tone, by the way he responded, Minister Vinny, on the third time, his tone was, Yay, Lord, you know I love you. Why are you asking me again? Jesus understood there was a pattern that needed to be established. Then after that, he said three things to him. The first one was then, feed my lambs. And then he told him to feed the sheep two other times. So then he established his calling with the number three. Folks, year three, this church and the people in it, God is going to establish us. And I don't know if you understand the magnitude of what I'm saying. That means we are here to stay, Emmanuel. And anyone that comes against it will find themselves fighting with God. That comforts my heart to know we are here to stay. You are here to stay. There's nothing Satan can do to you but gum you and blow hot air down your neck. He can't bite you because he has no teeth. Hallelujah. Last one for today. I told you I wouldn't have to be long. What he gave me was short and concise. If you let him do his work in you and let him have complete spiritual fullness in your life, then he's going to establish you. Now, how many know there's no greater time in the fast than to press into this? How many know there's no greater time than right now, the time that we're in, to put aside everything in your life that you know is not like him? And say, God, I'm getting ready to let you have full expression. I'm getting ready to let you have divine fullness in my life. And you're going to find that when he becomes full in you, everything becomes full around you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when God establishes you, how many know there's no one that can take you down? See, if God establishes your marriage, all hell could come against it, and it's not going anywhere. If God establishes your family, Satan can throw everything he wants at your children. And they're still going to come out kicking his butt. When God establishes you financially, you don't go up and down anymore. You're now settled financially. Oh, y'all don't listen to me. When God establishes your business, how many know the business is here to stay? And for somebody in here, I'm telling you, the worst years of your business are now behind you. That's for a business person in here. The worst years of your business are now behind you. Now you go like this. And it won't be without challenges, but you're going to keep soaring to new heights. Why? 
because he's getting ready to establish your business. Hallelujah. God's going to establish ministries, callings. He's going to set people in their assignments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know you all wanted me to come out here and say, this year God's going to pay off somebody's house. I'm not saying that. This year, God wants to have full expression on the inside of you. And guess what that will lead to? Your house being paid off. See, ministry has gone in a lot of cases, Emmanuel, from the outside in. Instead of ministering to people from the inside out. Let's close. Three speaks to totality, sufficiency, and the complete work of God. Totality, by definition, means something that is total. It means the total amount, and it means whole. So what God is saying is, when you allow me to have divine fullness, when you allow me to complete you, when you get to a place where you don't need anything else to complete you but me, and then I establish you, it's going to be, it's going to bring you to a place, folks, where you get the total amount and you become whole. Sufficiency means adequate provision or supply. So once again, when you allow God to have divine fullness in your life and you allow him to complete you and you get to a place where you say, I don't need a man to complete me. I don't need a woman to complete me. I don't need money to complete me. I don't need a job. God, I am complete in you. That now God establishes you, then he causes you to have adequate provision and supply. The third thing there, complete means lacking nothing. It means finished. It means concluded. So once again, when you allow God to have divine fullness in you and you allow him to complete you and you get to a place where you say, I don't need nothing else in this life to complete me but you, God. It's at that point that God can establish you, set a pattern for your life and bring you to a place where you lack nothing. He finishes everything in your life and you conclude everything. I want you to say this with me by faith. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in 2016 and beyond, I will allow you to have divine fullness in my life. I will allow you to complete me and nothing else. And by faith, I believe that will establish me and set a pattern for my life that will bring me to a place where I, where I receive the total amount, where I become whole, where I have adequate provision, where I have all my needs supplied, where I lack nothing, and you finish every work in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe that today? Come on, do you believe that today? Come on, don't just let those be words. Those should be words of faith spoken out of a heart full of faith. 
that you believe will come to pass in your life if you really believed it when you said it. Remember, God is not a man that he can lie, nor the son of man that that he should repent. Folks, if you said it, then God is able to perform it, every single word of it, to the full. Hallelujah. Folks, make it a habit to don't do church. Did you hear what I just said? Let's not go through the motions of church, but let's be the church. If you really believe that when you said it, you're going to look for it every day of your life. I'm telling you, you're going to look for it every day of your life. Say it again. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe in 2016 I will allow you to have divine fullness in my life. I will allow you to complete me in every area of my life. As a result, you will establish a pattern that will lead me to a place where I'll receive the total amount and I'll be whole, spirit, soul, and body. I'll have adequate provision. Every need shall be supplied and I will lack nothing until you finish every good work in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. Never again will you hear me make anything about stuff. Very rarely will you ever even hear me talk about it. If at all. Folks, it took me 20 years, but I've finally grown to a place, 26 years, but I've finally grown to a place where I know God has already taken care of all of that stuff. And I want to spend all my time focusing on a better relationship with him and letting him have full expression in my life. Hallelujah. Let's close with these verses. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to see this pattern again in the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Are you there? Let's begin reading at verse 16. It says, Rejoice always. Now, what's left after always? Nothing. So, folks, we should never let the devil see us down. Did you all catch that? So, right away, he said, Rejoice always. Then he said, pray without ceasing. You're going to see him establish a pattern here. Three. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Is he talking about praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week? No, if you look this up, without ceasing means without distraction. So he wants your time of prayer to be undistracted. So we need to leave the cell phones out, social media out, every distraction possible when we go into the throne room. And focus on our relationship with him. No greater time to do that than this 21-day fast. Said, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. 
See the pattern there? If I'm rejoicing all the time, it's because I have the joy of the Lord on the inside of me. Where does that come from? If I'm praying all the time, then that means I'm talking to God all the time. If I'm talking to God all the time, that's going to make me happy all the time because I'm getting the right information, right? And then that's going to make me very thankful because I'm going to get the answers to my prayers, and I'm going to have a lot to thank him for. So you see the pattern there? Then notice what he said. He's establishing something. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's the pattern for your life, is to rejoice always. Pray without distractions and give me thanks in everything. How many know there's a lot of stuff that happened in 2015 that we're not thankful for in the natural, right? But when we look at how he brought us through it, we can thank him in it, not for it, right? Because the outcome could have turned out differently. I don't know about you. Take, take 30 seconds to just thank God for getting you through 2015. Just be appreciative for a moment. Some of you are clapping, but it's higher when you offer up the fruit of your lips. That's more of a sacrifice. Come on, thank God that you're alive. Come on, thank God that you're here to see another year. Come on, thank God. Some of you got married in 2015. Some of you all marriages coming in the very near future. Thank God. Thank God that you're single. Thank God. Thank God that you're married. Thank God for your children. Thank God. That's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, I never connected this together. Drop down to verse 23 and watch this. I never connected this together. And then notice as a result of that pattern being established in your life, look at verse 23 and 24. He says, now may the God of peace himself, God's going to do this himself, sanctify you, which means set you apart holy. You see that word there? W-H-O-L-L-Y. He's going to set you apart holy, which means, what does that mean? Translation. And may, the, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And look what he says here. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Do you understand when God sets you apart spiritually, you are set apart? When God sets you apart and makes you blameless in your mind, will, and emotions, there's nothing anyone that can do to come against you. They can talk about you. I mean, they can talk you. They can talk about, I mean, they can say whatever they want. But when God sets you apart, it'll have no impact on you. I don't know about you. I'd rather have mental prosperity and spiritual prosperity than financial prosperity. You know how many people today are hearing voices and it's not the voice of the Lord? You know how many people are listening to the wrong information? And God is saying here that when you rejoice all the time, you pray all the time, and you thank me all the time, I'm going to set you apart spiritually. I'm going to set you apart in your soulless realm and then in your body. How many of you know that represents your physical health? your finances, your resources, where you live, what you drive, where you work. How I many you know that represents everything that impacts your physical body? God is good. Folks, I, I don't even like saying this. This is not a year 
where he's going to make you whole. This is a lifestyle where he's going to make you whole. I'm shifting, folks. Just because the year changes, God doesn't change. I hope you all caught that. I don't even like saying this is a year. No, every year this is a year. If you can receive that, I don't know if you understand what he said there. Faithful is he who called you, who will also do it. Let that sink in for a minute. I didn't say I'd do that for you. God said he'd do that for you. I mean, if I said I'd do it for you, you might get it, you might not get it. It depends on what's going on in my life. I mean, you know, that's human nature, right? That's just human nature. But if God said, it's a done deal. You all want to look at one more? Go to Philippians chapter 1. You all getting anything out of this today? So what is God after? Divine fullness. He wants to complete you. He wants to be the one that completes you. Stop saying, when I get married, I'll be. No. When you, trust me, marriage won't complete you. Let me see if I got any married folks in here that'll testify. Marriage won't complete you. I just want to have children. Children don't complete you. God is the only one that can complete you. And when you keep that in perspective, you never let your marriage be something and put it in a place that that it can never be fulfilled in. If you think a wife is going to fulfill you or a husband is going to fulfill you, you are sadly mistaken. God is the only one that can fulfill you. All right, since you all didn't like that on that side of the room, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. You know how many people I've seen, the wedding day is the best day of their life. One year later, what? uh, what, uh, Jesus. If I would have known this, I would have never. So many people. You know why? Because they went into it for the wrong reason. No pressure on my wife to be anything but who she is. And whatever that is, is good enough for me. Because I, I'm, I'm already complete in him. So watch this. Anything she gives me is called a bonus. Amen. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. But that, that, when I pay off all my bills, when I get debt free, then I'll be. No, you won't. I've been there, done that too. I found out that that doesn't do it for me. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I can just make so much money. Been there, done that. Still wasn't complete. But I could just drive. As soon as I got in it, once that new car smell wore off, Treated it just like the last car I had. It's just a car. Found out that don't do it. I can remember when I was single. If I can just marry her. I met her. I didn't marry her. I married her. And I can remember thinking, that one right there? Woo! I met her. That wasn't her. That was her. Hello, somebody. How many of y'all thank God I paid attention to those three dates I went out on? I didn't come back after that third one. 
All right, let's close right here. Philippians chapter 1. You all getting anything out of this today? Stop chasing stuff because it'll never complete you. It's good stuff, isn't it? How many of y'all know this is the word of the Lord unto you? I'd rather have a good marriage than a million dollars. I'd rather have two kids that are saved, sanctified, filled, not perfect kids, but I'd rather have two good kids that love God. Look at my son. Look at my son. That boy, that's all day long in the house. It's my man, though. I'd rather have two kids, 14-year-old virgin, 15-year-old virgin. Give me two kids like that all day long. Give me that all day long. Then a million dollars. Keep my family together. Give me that all day long. If the job's got to take me somewhere where I can't be with them, I don't want the job. You all see where we're going? Linked Up Church getting ready to go to a whole new plateau. 20-year-old, congratulations. That's big time. Proud of you. This is a father pointing over here and saying, 20-year-old virgin. Keep raising them right, boy. Come on, that's to be celebrated. Don't make, you better not try to make her feel bad. No, that's to be celebrated. Come on, somebody, give God glory for that. Hallelujah. It's to be celebrated. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. We'll Paul here writing to the church of Philippi, he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And folks, this is how I feel about Linked Up Church. I thank God every time I remember you because there's no us without you all. Paul went on to say, always and in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. I want you to know every time I pray for you, I do it with joy because you all are the the wind beneath our wings. You all picked us up when, 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 when someone else threw us to the curb and threw us down. You all were right there to pick us up and say, no, oh no, you're not going to treat my pastor like that. And there's, one, and there's one lady, there's one lady, I will never forget you. I don't know if you were at the first service or if you're in this service right now. I promise you, I will never forget you. This happened on Friday. She inboxed me on Saturday. This is why I thank God upon every remembrance of you. And she said, she said, can you call me at this number? And I called her. And she was so concerned about my family. She said, Pastor, are you and your wife okay? I said, yeah, we're fine. I said, how are your children? She asked, how are your children? I said, they're fine. Will they still be able to stay in their school? I said, yes, they'll still be able to stay in their school. We paid their tuition in full for the entire year. She said, do you all have something to eat? I can cook for you all and bring some food over. She was just so concerned about us. And then she said, Pastor, I have a friend who's an administrator, and, 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 and you can use the auditorium. This is what she said. You can use the auditorium. This happened on Friday. I'm talking to her on Saturday. She said, you can use the auditorium and start having services this Sunday. <laughs> True story. And I said, you know, I wasn't ready for that. How I many of you know I would have came out there wrong on that Sunday? 
How many of y'all know? I, I would have went back to, man, six mile. I can't say that on the. Man, I, I'd have went back. I, I would have saw everybody out there and said, put your gym shoes, your jeans on. We got somewhere we need to go. Come on, can we just keep it real in here? Come on, can we just keep it real? That's what I would have said on that Sunday. I would have been like, we all in here. Let's go handle some business right now. But she was offering us, wasn't she, an auditorium to have services on that Sunday. Then she closed it like this. She said, and pastor, this is a lady in her 50s. She said, pastor, I'm going to write you and your family a check. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you all need, but the Lord told me to do it. Now, and she didn't have much. So I know what she said was big to her. And when I received it, it blessed us so much that somebody cared about us. Do you all understand that's why we're here today? I know you all send us stuff, and thank you for every card, every gift, everything that you all gave us for Christmas. You refreshed us so well. But listen, folks, I know you all thank God for us, but guess what? We thank God for you all. Because there's no us without you all in a situation like that. Look what Paul went on to say here. Being confident. He said, and for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Folks, look at Linked Up Church. From the first day until now. Look around the room. Look up in the balcony. Marietta was completely full today. We had to have the people scoot in to fill in from the outside in. Marietta was full. This one is full. That didn't happen just by because of Joel and Patricia Gregory. That happened because you continued to fellowship with this church since day one. And all of you day one people will have a special place in my heart. I'll never forget you, boy. I'll never forget you. Chris Morgan called me said, I want to take you to lunch. I don't want to put him on blast, but you know the part I was the most surprised about? Usually people invite me to lunch, and guess who ends up paying for it? (laughs) But not Chris Morgan. Chris Morgan wouldn't let me touch my wallet. He said, no, you've been a blessing to me. This was probably on the next week, somewhere around Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I'll never forget that. And I can go on and on and on, story after story after story after story. You know I remember. You risked your life, your family. I remember, Camille. I remember. Kim, I remember. And I'll never forget it. You think I won't treat it right for the rest of my life? Sadly mistaken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Abel. Thank you. Thank you, Mama Jack. Thank you. Thank you, Deacon Jr. Thank you, Mom. Thank you. Thank you, Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Let's close. Notice what Paul says here. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work, first time I saw this, not for you, but in you. He's more concerned about the work in you, not the work for you. And if you'll shift, folks, and stop looking from the outside in to the inside out, he'll take care of everything else. Paul said, I'm confident of this very thing. See, I can't stand up here and tell you I'm confident he's going to buy you a new house. I can't tell you I'm con- I can't tell you that. But I can tell you I'm confident of this very thing. That he which begun a good work in you, in you, he will complete it. He will finish it until the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so man is a three-part being. Complete means to perform, to fulfill further, and to execute. God is a master finisher and a master executor. So whatever he starts in your life, if you'll stay with him, he'll finish it. How many of y'all ready to press into this fast? Come on, let's go for it, church. Let's go for it. We made it. Everybody can participate. I want to just show you some things, Minister Vinny. I could have did a six-week series on this. You'll see this pattern. You'll hear things. The writers of the New Testament say things like faith, hope, and love. You see those run together. You'll see grace, peace, and mercy. You'll see morning, noon, and night. You'll see Peter, James, and John. You'll see in the book of Revelations, holy, holy, holy. Pattern. Paul's closing benediction to the church at Corinth. Last verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. He had just wrote 1 Corinthians and he wrote 2 Corinthians. How I many of you know, in most cases, the last thing that you say to people is the most important? Usually your opening and your closing, very important. Paul obviously understood something about this pattern because look at how he closed to the church at Corinth. In verse 13, he said, The grace. See, if you develop this discipline, folks, this will carry you throughout eternity. He said, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Do you all understand what he just said? He said, if you'll focus on how good God is and what his grace has provided for you, and then you'll focus on how much he loves you, and then you have a relationship, you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, how many know everything's going to be all right in your life? See, don't make it about what you've done. Make it about what he's done. And when you go to him, talk about how rich his grace has been in your life, how much he loves you and desire to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because that's who's in the earth today. That's our partner. That's our senior partner. That's the one called alongside to help us. Three things he said. That's a pattern. Focus on his grace. And how many know faith will always respond to what he did, not what you did? It's works of the law if you go to him about what you did. It's faith in his grace when you go to him about what he did. The ultimate faith is to be able to believe what God said, and the work is to actually believe what he said and obey it. Anytime you think that you've got to do something to get God to do something, then it's legalistic. 
All you're doing is responding to what he said and obeying that. And then his grace will manifest it in your life. And if you know how much he loves you, how many know he's not going to withhold it from you? You have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're going to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, which is always going to bring you to a place of victory. Do you all get anything out of this today? How many of you all excited about 2016? What is he saying to us, Linked Up Church? What is he saying to us? He wants to have spiritual fullness. He wants to complete us, right? Number two, he wants to establish us. Number three, that's going to bring us to a place of wholeness, spirit, soul, and body, where we lack nothing. In that order, spiritual, established, wholeness. Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's thank God for what we heard today. Praise God. Connect 2016, year three. Let's lift our hands to the Father. And I want you just to begin to talk to him a little bit about what you heard today and what it means to you. I know for me, this is the year that I've got to completely let go.